This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only halftime music podcast. I don't know. I'm Joel Gasson with John <laughs> Fraser as usual. Uh Honestly, not a ton to get to today. We just figured um, it's been a while, and uh, we don't like to stay silent for too long around here. So uh, we figured no, we it's would true. Uh, break our silence with um, one of our most, I think one of our more, our favorite episodes. It's time yes, for, I, I, I would agree with that. Yes. yes. It is time for another edition. I don't even remember what volume we're up to now. I should probably figure that out before I post this. I think I think it's, it's four or five. So it sounds about right. Somewhere in that range. So we're either at A New Hope or The Empire Strikes Back. Either way, classic films, love them both. Sure. We're at volume five, give or take, essentially, of Ask John. Five-ish. Five-ish of uh, Ask John Anything, which is, of course, where we take to social media and uh, do our version of the mailbag episode. But rather than just taking, you know, questions from y'all, we decide to... Well, we take questions from y'all, but they're directed directly at John, and they can be about absolutely anything and everything from football to whatever you would want to ask about him. I was, Astrophysics. I've, yeah, Astrophysics. Uh, that yep. always seems to come up. That seems to be a recurring theme. People must think you're smarter than you are for some reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, maybe because I have a fancy job title and I'm loosely affiliated with a major sports network. Uh, maybe. Is that it? I don't know. Is, is that maybe I all? look smart. Uh, you do wear glasses sometimes. I do. I feel like I feel like my LinkedIn profile picture makes me look way more intelligent than I actually am. Anybody that's had a three-minute conversation with me will absolutely agree. In three minutes, this may be stretching it a bit, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to that, though, uh, I guess we do have some sort of writer-ish news to talk about. Uh, been pretty quiet on sort of the football side of things for a while, which is understandable through March. Um, drafts coming up, so all that sort of fun stuff will be happening in the next little while. Uh, as usual, keep it to 3downnation.com for all of that, as uh, the boys who know what they're talking about there and Justin Dunk, John Hodge, and J.C. Abbott will have uh, everything from the draft covered from top to bottom and everything in between. Uh, we will probably do a post-draft episode and not have a clue what we're talking about. Absolutely. We, we might know the first rounder. I, I thought we were lucky. I, I get lucky whenever they take a Husky. Because I've yeah. actually watched their games like once or twice or paid attention. So if they don't take anybody from the U of S, absolutely. We're just going to like nothing speak our way through it mm-hmm. and talk about alcohol and Brad Gushu, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the writers did announce this past week. I think even just technically today as we record this on Monday. Um, details around sort of the entertainment of their home opener, which I, there's a discussion to be had whether home opener needs an entertainment. But that's another issue. Um, don't hate it, but personally, yeah. quick take, don't hate it, right? Your home opener mm-hmm. should be an exciting thing. It's cool to have a little extra spice. Uh, and, and I say that as somebody who's, who's with the rush org, that's always done a really good job of bringing something to every game. So fair. I like it. I'm a fan that's of doing fair. something at games. That's fair. Um, instead, but they've announced it as, what is it? Dad's night out, which, okay. I think that's, I think that's the term terminology, yeah. right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So dad's night out. Cool. I mean, it's not a terrible theme, I, and I understand that Father's Day is that weekend, um, but I don't know if it's a home opener theme. And 
The other, the, the real question I have about it is, okay, Dad's Night Out, we want to do that theme, cool, all right? It's something they haven't done, at least, rather than the yeah. last few years, which have pretty much been rolling out the same nights every year. Um, my question is, who's Dad? Yes. Because yes. the halftime yes. entertainment was announced as Kim Mitchell. And absolutely no offense to Mr. Mitchell or any of his songs, but whose dads are we targeting here? Well, and that's part of it. This is a point that you and I were discussing uh, via text before the program. Now, I do enjoy Kim Mitchell. Uh, as anybody that's worked in Canadian radio for any amount of time, you've probably seen him live at least seven times. <laughs> I think his show was great. <laughs> Still puts on a lot of high energy, a lot of great guitar work. But mm -hmm. it's almost like there's this misconception that dads are the guys that listen to Kim Mitchell growing up and listen to what we still call classic rock. Like, no, dads are now guys that are mine and your age. Like, we are both approaching 40. Mm -hmm. I've got three kids. Like, I, like, to me, a dad's night out to hit a more relevant generation. You said the sheepdogs. I would say a favorite of both of ours. Yeah. Our Lady Peace for a dad's night out. Like, I mean, but I mean, they've played Mosaic Stadium like 12 times already. So yeah, make it 13. <laughs> I'll come this time. But no, I, I, I like I like the concept. I yeah. like the theme night. I like Kim Mitchell. I will go on the record as saying I am a guy that likes Kim Mitchell and really loves his live shows. But I, I do think that and this isn't just the writers. I think this is you know, modern rock radio, this is modern music stations, this is kind of everything that, yeah, dads didn't listen to Kim Mitchell these days. They listened to Our Lady Peace and The Tragically Hip and all those other great bands that we had growing up in our youth. So mm -hmm. uh, great theme night, great idea. Love any kind of live entertainment at any game, but I would have liked to see somebody go... I don't think in a dad's night out theme you can go with somebody that's relevant to the kids these days, but no. I would have seen somebody I would have liked to see somebody more relevant to our generation. Yeah, and like and I'm not speaking that from like a selfish perspective. It's like it's like, no, I want to see who I want to see. Like, no, I don't really care. Like Right. And like you could easily do a Kim Mitchell show some other night and you know, it's important to, you know, attract all of your fan bases, but Right, absolutely. What it comes down to is we've seen that sort of age demographic targeted in the CFL for a long time. They've been the base of the CFL for so long. I don't even know if you really need them to come out. Now, granted, maybe you do need them a little more to come out now than you used to, because I think there's been some struggles with getting basically anyone out to games across the league right now. Right. Um, and so I don't know, like it just feels like it, it's, it feels like a missed opportunity to do something bigger and splashier rather than, Okay, well, at least it's not Trooper, I guess. But you know, like, and and like, obviously, the Dad's Night Out theme works, and obviously, these are targeting dads of some variety, but they're the dads that are already into the CFL, not right. dads our age and younger who aren't necessarily into the CFL, and their kids are even less likely into the CFL. No, and and you're bang on on that because because that's the big thing is to come up with it. Did you know you mentioned Trooper um, mm -hmm. for a while at least? I don't know if they still do. You could book Trooper to play your wedding. Oh, I'm sure. Just don't like to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Although, while, uh, while trying to do research, because I'm well known for that on this podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Trooper Wedding Package comes up with pictures of, like, um, the first one that comes up is a Stormtrooper wedding, which is kind of cool. And then another one is, like, this really weird, over-the-top police trooper one. So I'm just going to keep browsing through pictures of Stormtrooper weddings while, uh, while drinking my beer now. So we'll have to see kind of what rolls out the rest of the way for uh, the riders, especially um, kind of a one step forward, two steps back kind of start, I would say, in terms of in-game entertainment. Uh, we'll have to see what goes. The Lions are apparently having some kind of announcement that they've been teasing this week. The players are all over it. So uh, it sounds like that might be exciting, though. We don't really have any idea what that is at this point because uh, neither of us are deep CFL insiders. So we'll just wait uh, for no. that one. But um, if it is something to do with entertainment, I feel like it should, should be a doozy. Uh, yeah, no, certainly. My God, there are some terrible... Just just Google Trooper Wedding Package when you're done if you want to see some absolute <laughs> god-awfulness. Like, it, imagine the worst photo ops you could think of in both Star Wars fans and police husbands and wives. And, well, you got it all. 
There's a guy getting, oh, wow, a man getting married in his border police outfit. <laughs> this one guy keeps coming on a lot. I don't, I don't want to know why. It seems terrible. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of stormtroopers. That's uh, okay. That is a rabbit hole. Did not think I'd be going down tonight. And I'm prepared for all of the rabbit holes tonight, Joel Gasson. Yes, uh, we got plenty of rabbit holes to go down uh, for the rest of this episode. Uh, but before we get into all that, as usual, John, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what is in the glass this week? Well, this weekend, uh, it was Easter weekend, had a great time, crashed with the in-laws for a couple nights. They have a hot tub. What goes better than, like, kind of spring in a hot tub than the Pile of Bones White IPA? And then what I famously, like, we all know, obviously, I drink while we do these. But for the Ask John Anything episodes, I like to drink a little more. Because I feel like it helps with the ridiculousness of the concept. So <laughs> why not make it a double white IPA? The most smoothest drinking 8% beer you'll ever have in your life. I had one with supper. I'm having a second one now. And there is also whiskey beside me. So we are we are, <laughs> we are well prepared for Ask John Anything. Uh, for once, John is prepared. Uh, for me, <laughs> I have uh, some sponsor beer, of course. It's uh, the Pile of Bones Brewing. Um, honestly... Not just one of my favorite beers from them, but I think one of my favorite beers, period. It's the Red Ale. Um, it's just a delicious blend of like that malty red amber flavor, but with just the right amount of hops that it adds. Just such a nice bite to it that it's just it's just great all around. It's it's, it's, oh, it's and so I don't I, every time I have it, I'm like, I should buy this more and then I just forget about it for a while because I get distracted by shiny objects. <laughs> that is a hundred percent like <laughs> that is a hundred percent the amber. You are absolutely right on that one, Gas. All right. Um, there may be some 100% right answers throughout the next, the rest of this episode, uh, but probably not because most of them are very highly hypothetical and um, extremely strange. As I most... love, I got, I gotta say, I love how our listener base and social media base gets it. Yes. Like, I just love how the first we are time not we the did world's this... most listened to podcast, but I feel like our fan base understands us better than. Oh. Many. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. And even, like, people that get sucked into it, they see it, they're like, hey, like, this is this is fun. So, again, to our fan base, to everybody, thank you for being rad. Thank you for getting this. Now let's get fucking ridiculous. So I'm going to start at the very first question that came in, and you saw this one. Um, it was from, of course, front of the show, Dave. Um, yes. And it was such a good high heat to begin that I'm like, I just got to ask this question off the bat. Sweet chin music right off the this start. Is, this is one of those ridiculous questions that we love around here. <clears throat> yes. So, a wealthy benefactor has bequeathed John $30 million. If he can spend it all in 30 days without buying any assets, he gets an additional $300 million. In order to keep that $300 mil, John has to eat Subway with extra lettuce every day. Can John do it? I couldn't. <laughs> and the reason I couldn't do it, and this led me down a rabbit hole of how many days in a row you can have diarrhea and not die. <laughs> and I honestly think that, for one, yeah. to spend, like, without having an asset to spend that kind of money, there'd be a lot of, like, big charitable gifts, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can't just walk into I, I kind of know how this works for my time in the Saskatoon, the Kinsman Club of Saskatoon, that you can't just walk in and be like, hey, take all my money. They're like, hey, we need to like bet this a little, see where your money's going to go. And I would be so astoundingly busy on the shitter that I wouldn't have time to do it. So well, you wouldn't hey, have to start eating the lettuce until you spent the 30 mil. Oh, well, then I'd just be dead in two weeks. Yeah. See, I thought I had to eat the lettuce while doing it. It's like an extra layer to the challenge. Like, No, I, I take it as you spend the 30 mil up front without uh -huh. buying any assets, and then you get the 300 mil, but to keep that 300 mil, you have to eat double lettuce Subway every day. No, no, I'd be dead. Literally, uh, by most medical studies, you're dead after about a week of explosive diarrhea. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you've heard what my guts can do to a bathroom, as we told the yes. story from the Saskatoon Men's Bond <clears throat> Spiel. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, no, uh, that one, I would literally die, so I could not accomplish. Like, giving away the $30 million, No problem. I'm a well-connected dude. I know enough guys, know enough charities around the city, know enough good causes. I'd have that done in a heartbeat. You right? could sponsor a podcast for $30 million. I could. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Could I sponsor? Oh, Luke Wolf, Gasson, we figured it out. I'd sponsor our own podcast for $30 million. Then you'd sign me up to, like, a million-dollar an episode salary boom done lawyered ha ha eat it dave 
Seriously, I love Junior Pierogies. <laughs> uh, then, of course, there was a bit of a follow-up to that. Um, same premise, but instead of Subway lettuce, Subway lettuce, you can only drink Minhas beer for the rest of your life. And he, this is from Jock Cartier, and he's asking if I could do it. And I said no. No, no, I don't, like... There's, life don't, is too short to drink something as poorly as Minhas. If you but, named, like, any, like, disgusting industrial beer, okay, maybe. For right. 300 mil, I could do it. I tried to weasel my own. I said, I'm like, okay, so you're asking me would I quit drinking for 300 million? And I said, yes. But that was not an option. I had to drink it every day. So I just said no. <laughs> but, okay. So here's the two questions. Mm-hmm. The other loophole. I'm all about the loopholes today. Oh, yeah. Um, If it was just one a day, but you could still drink, like, anything else you wanted. Like, imagine just, like, chugging a, chugging a terrible Minhaus beer, but following it up with, like, a nice old-fashioned chaser. Or, like, a little delicious Lucky Bastard Vodka. Who, by the way, I am still sucking up. I'm still going to speak this into an existence. But I feel like there's loopholes. I feel like, okay, we found the podcast loophole. Yeah. I mean, I, now, I, there's nothing that said I couldn't mix it with something. Right. So if you, you have you beer got, cocktails. Like, could you just, like, take a half gallon of orange juice and pour in one Minhas? Maybe. I, I'm sure that would still, like... What at what point? But I, I mean, the question does say you can only drink Minhaus beer for the rest of your life, so I can't move on to another beer after that. It sounds like. See, as I'm slowly becoming a, a cocktails guy as I get older, mm-hmm. I think I could. I think there's enough creativity in cocktails; and they're kind of my thing, and I feel like it makes me fancy. <laughs> that I could probably do that. I, I think I personally could do it. I know you can't, but I feel like I could do it. Okay, it's interesting. As I drink that delicious double one IPA and, and, and recount one of the texts I sent you this weekend where I had gone, I'd made the classic mistake of drinking the white IPA first, mm-hmm. but then because it was still kind of warm, drinking a Michelob and going, oh, God, all the way around, nowhere near as bad as doing it the good beer first into the bad beer. No. Like, you Absolutely just can't not. do it. I, I, you think I've learned my lesson. No, I mean, you always start with the shittier beer, even when you're drinking, like, Good beers, and like I don't mean shittier beer in like that sense, but I'm like okay, if I have say, you know, something really hoppy in the fridge, something kind of fruity in the fridge, and then like a beer that tastes like beer in the fridge, I'm gonna start with the beer that tastes like beer and kind of work my way up. Yes, absolutely. Because if I have like, well, if I drink a Scar Street Blonde first, and then I have a Space Cadet that, or if, no, if I drink a Space Cadet first, and then I have a Scar Street Blonde, that Scar Street Blonde's gonna taste real weird at first. <laughs> nope, you're abs- you're absolutely correct, yes, and and that is a very good beer that tastes like beer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um. The next question comes from Greg. It's just, what about me? <laughs> Greg, you are a wonderful human being. Um, you're also great that uh, that you're basically a trained monkey whenever I need something quickly photoshopped. Um, uh, above average hugger, as the last time I saw you. Uh, and any man that can wait till I'm done a rush game and a rush post game just to have a couple beers together. Shitty industrial beers. And again, the Photoshop on demand makes you a great asset, Greg. Greg, that's about you. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really built off on that one. No, we, I we can't. Both... It's pretty hard to spin off that one. Right. We we both we both like Greg. Mm-hmm. And I like that he's he's called himself in one of our group chats a trained Photoshop monkey. Um, from Lorianne. It's actually okay. sort of an actual real question. Uh, of course, what... we got to we got to mix in a few of those. Yes, I like to mix in the odd question that isn't like totally out of left field. Right. Um, what would it take, do you think, to get Jeremy Hansen? He's of course the Canadian astronaut that's going to be going to the moon. Yes. Uh, to wear a CFL crest on his uniform when they launch in November 2024. Great way to promote s- space to sports fans and the Grey Cup to football fans. I think the CFL has a glorious marketing opportunity here. I, I think even if you could get him to bring up, even if he's not allowed to wear it on his uniform, because actually you're going to laugh. I was watching a, uh, a video today on how they're going to negatively charge the spacesuits the astronauts wear on the moon to prevent moon dust from getting in there. Because moon dust is like glass and like breaks everything. Okay, there's, again, why we get the astrophysics <laughs> questions. But I think even for him to bring up a patch or something that he could he could bring with him to the move in exchange for, like, tickets for life, I think you'd have a great mar- marketing opportunity there, right? Like, 
He goes up, you give him tickets for and, and is he going to use those tickets for life? Who knows? I hope he does. It's a great product. We all love the CFL, but just something like that, like to, to piggyback on the PR of we're sending the CFL to the moon, uh, which in day trading is a big thing. They talk about, uh, you know, a stock going to the moon, making everybody rich. So it's kind of trendy. We're going to send the CFL to the moon. Even if it's just a sticker, I don't know, you know, how much personal belongings they're allowed to bring because there are weight limits that affect everything you're allowed to do in space to make sure the gravitational things work correctly. So you get out of Earth's orbit and into the moon's orbit and back safely. But I think something like that would be really cool. Uh, a patch would be awesome. But it, uh, hit him up. Free tickets for life. See if he'll do it. Carry it up into space with him. If he's a CFL fan, I don't see why not. I know if I was an astronaut, first off, crew would be doomed. Second... I would do it for free tickets just about anywhere. And, like, let him come out, do a couple ceremonial coin flips, and maybe a meet and greet with hopefully a bigger star than Kim Mitchell. No offense, Kim Mitchell. Great guy. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's worth a shot, right? Worst they can do. Worst they can do is say, no, we can't make it happen. And you just well, I move mean, on and try something else, right? Except we all know the CFL won't even slide into that DM. Probably not, no. Uh, no sort of no. related to space. Um, from Dave again, pick the dumb conspiracy theory most likely to be true. Oh, I like this one. One, the moon landing was faked. Two, Not a chance. The earth is flat. Not a chance. Three, Bigfoot is real. I'll let you finish the question before I re give my response. Four, the 13th man was an inside job. <laughs> um, 13th man was not an inside job. Uh, because if it was, it would have come out by now. That was a genuine mistake by somebody because we still, to this day, do not know who was responsible for that. And to me, if it's an inside job, there's no way that stays quiet that long. I mean, we're even starting to find out about UFOs. Uh, one, uh, the moon landing was not faked. Uh, the more you read about what happened with the Soviet space program compared to what the Americans did, yes, they sent people to the moon on something with less computing power than a quarter of your cell phone, but that was just great engineering and great risk. Uh, the Earth is definitely not flat, again, astrophysics, but Bigfoot is real. I have no doubt. I, I have, like, you got to remember, I grew up in, like, middle of nowhere, Ontario. I've, I've known too many guys that were not high on drugs at the time and lots of guys that were high on drugs at the time that have gone into the woods and seen some weird shit and heard oh. some weird shit. There's a lot of woods out there, right? You can't, you can't, you're not sending like your spy satellites and thermal cameras to see if there's something out there. Does Bigfoot exist per se in the Bigfoot way? Like, like how you picture it? I don't know. I don't think so, but I do think there is some sort of, there's something with enough intelligence to know that getting found by humans would be a bad idea, and there's more than enough wilderness to hide, and I would definitely say I am a believer in Bigfoot. I don't watch those shitty overproduced shows. <laughs> but yeah, Bigfoot guy right here. I will I will admit it. I am a Bigfoot guy. Bigfoot exists. Um, I <laughs> The only weird times I've had in northern Ontario in the woods, I was, like, ridiculously stoned, so... I bring I you love. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. But instead, you know, you get out, you're having a fire in your backyard, you smoke a giant doob, and all of a sudden those trees, they start moving. So any kind of weird experiences I have had are all related. But I've had, like, I had buddies that, that you got to think, in Nor where I grew up in northern Ontario, like, Atacokan is interdispersed amongst the woods, and there's nothing for, like, Hundreds of kilometers on either side of you. It's just wilderness, right? And, and like, dense Canadian shield wilderness. But, like, I've had buddies that have gone on hikes. Again, and this is back before we knew what drugs were when we were young kids, that saw something. Like, we know what bears are. We Literally, bears are in my backyard. I've had buddies that are like, there's something in there. Something was chasing. Something was watching us. It looked humanoid. It was big. Looked like it could be a Bigfoot. And, again, this is, like, this is like legit from multiple sources. I'm a big Bigfoot guy, and I've learned so much. Catch John on uh, overnights on your f favorite local talk radio station coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, oh, God, when is, seriously, one of the radio stations in town, CKOM, used to run, like, some real unhinged shit. Yeah, I know, it was on CJME as well. I forget, was it Richard's? 
Yes, it yeah, was. And yeah, it was yeah. at, it was at like what it was like three or four in the morning. Because I remember yep. going into work. Um, I think it was on like Sunday nights at like a relatively normal hour too. Oh really? I think about it. I guess I don't remember. I was, so I was just always too busy with sports or podcasting, but I definitely remember a few times listening to to some absolutely unhinged stuff on my drive to work at four thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, out of that list provided, I would be most likely to believe in a Bigfoot. I, I I don't know if I can be convinced. I would need to like actually see it myself. But out of those options, yes, there is likely to be something of a Bigfoot variety out there. Not necessarily, okay. again, like you said, not necessarily what we think of as Bigfoot, but some kind of big hairy thing that isn't a bear. Sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Exactly, exactly. That's smart enough to stay away from humans and has like, you know, manual thumbs and stuff, right? So uh, I think uh, we need to get Pile of Bones and future unnamed sponsors to pony up for a trip <laughs> to Northern Ontario. The three down green cast goes Bigfoot hunting. I mean, we're, we may be going there to curl, so we could probably just kind of do both at the same time. Oh, absolutely we could. Except I that mean, would involve. Well, ca- I mean, all that has to happen is uh, Reed Carruthers just needs to win the Players Championship this week, so your big bet pays off, and then we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I didn't speak. Okay, this is yeah. going to be the ultimate ultimate determination if there's a Gaston curse here. Mm-hmm. Because if I spoke about that, Reed would like withdraw tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but then Brad Jacobs will skip, and they'll definitely win. <laughs> That's also fair. Uh, like, winner, winner, chicken dinner, hopefully. We're going to see your cursed powers. We're going to see how that goes now. Yes, I, I, I have, as we go off on a tangent here, um, I spotted today a tweet from Cool Bet, which is, of course, the, I believe the betting sponsor of this Grand Slam of curling. Yes. Um, they had the odds for the Players' Championship this week, which is ridiculously, like, starts three days after the World Men's Curling Championship. It's dumb. Uh, congrats again to Bruce Mowat for that incredible win and to Brad Gushu for a really strong week as well. Um, and at the very bottom of the list of the men's field, I didn't look at the women's one that closely because I, whatever. Um, On it. Yeah, just because at the bottom, because I saw the men's one because I was curious as to what they had Bruce and Brad at after just running an absolute gauntlet to win their medals at the World Men's Curling well, Championship. And, and Nick, Nick Adine <laughs> in there as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Like, just literally a few days ago. Yes. Um, the women at least had some rest before their event. Um, but anyway, at the very bottom of what caught my eye was Reed Carruthers, who didn't do that poorly at the Briar, all things considered. Um, is that a plus 20,000 to win? <laughs> so a $5 bet pays you a 1000 bucks For Reed Carruthers, who, like you said, didn't have a terrible briar no, he wasn't even like a pushover by any stretch of the imagination so. he didn't have a terrible briar without a third like yeah. derek samigalski love derek uh, for the record let the record show i you know had many beers with derek uh that's the guy's like first time really playing third like they were a three-man team through provincials to the point that a bunch of cur- curling diehards were going oh we need to kill the three-man team like that's <laughs> when you know you did a good job right yeah. and they bring in brad fucking jacobs olympic gold medalist Again, another great dude, sneaky good karaoke singer to join that squad. So Brad Gushu looked exhausted, possibly injured by the end of, of the World Men's. Bruce Mowat, you know, is going to be just – they're world champs. 16 months ago, they won a silver medal at the Olympics. They're going to be zesty for the next week. Nick Adine and his 1,700 surgeries, I'm sure he's not well, in a great shape. Were, so They were showing at the Worlds, like he – his knee is so banged up from surgeries, he can't even get down on the hack right now. He has to no. just, like stand up and throw. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's and he's still like Olympic mm. gold medalist, one of the best ever, if not the best curler ever. And then you got Rama at plus twenty thousand. <laughs> like that's just that's uh. so I had to go and and put a little sprinkle on there. So now that we've revealed that, I'm definitely losing. Thanks, gas. Uh, longest odds to win the women's slam mm-hmm. is Casey Scheidegger. I mean, and they're I splitting. Bl- so are they even? 
is that team even all there this week? <laughs> that's what I mean. So you have that's, that's you okay. Have, that one you're like, okay, I get that. <laughs> right, like that one at ten thousand to one, but like Reed at twenty thousand to one, who his team just got better. Mm-hmm. I, I know he's going to be missing Connor Negevin, uh with the birth of, birth of their child, but like, I, I don't see how a team. Like one of the teams that like and the rest of the teams in the field, there's rumored to be movement. There's rumored to be animosity. And they got Reed Carruthers, who's just getting better and closer at this time. So um, my last aside on curling, because, of course, we know a bullshit episode would bring into curling. Uh, Brad Gushu, I have to tell his story that uh, that made me a Brad Gushu fan. So have you ever played the uh, the curling drinking game ends, Joel? No. OK, long story short, you grab a card, you grab a, like some cards. And you have, like, aces, twos, and you have, like, red and black. So, basically, everybody draws a card. Uh-huh. And if the team... So, like, if I get, like, red two and red scores two, I have to buy a round of drinks. Okay. So, again, you typically have eight ends. You have eight rounds of drinks, and you're pretty hammed afterwards. So, we're at a Grand Slam in Lloydminster, and I have worked my way into the Pinty's Lounge with a group of friends, and we're playing ends. Well, Gushu, with his last... Makes a great shot, which I think is for three. I had read three, which means the round was on me. So Gushu makes this shot, and I go, ah, fuck. Brad turns around and shoots me daggers. <laughs> like, Brad is ready to come over the Pinty's Lounge and start throwing some bombs. So, anyways, all I do is meekly hold up my red three. Brad nods his head and starts laughing. He's like, I think that was four, he says to me. I'm like, I hope so. He goes... Hey, Mark! What? Was that four? Yeah! I go, fuck yeah! And Brad joins in and celebrating with us. Comes over and gives me a fist bump. Like, I went from, like, 100% when it happened. I'm like, I'm getting tossed out of here. I'm drunk. I'm getting tossed out of here. Brad Brad Gushu now wants to fight me. To be in Brad, be in Buds for a minute, so... There's, I know nobody asked for that story, hmm. but I feel like it's it's one of the top ones I have to tell in my life. That's that's uh, that's that's a, that's a good tale and something that really can only happen in curling, quite frankly. Or seemingly to me, as <coughs> I run yeah. into a lot of weird situations like that. Mm-hmm. For the record, we're onto the whiskey now too. Okay. Um, on I guess that note, um, I guess this is a double dipper from a couple of listeners. Okay. Uh, how many times will John attempt the Adine Spinner next season, and how many times <laughs> does he think I will attempt it? And, of course, the follow-up that is the obvious evolution to the curling shots is combining the Yadin Spinner with the Stoughton Spinnerama. What will it be called and who will be the first one to use it in competition? <laughs> oh, God. In competition? <laughs> I think you're going to see that spinner shot more. Yeah. Now, doing a Spinnerama with the Spinner, like, in fairness, on at the Saskatoon Men's Bond Spiel or at a Tuesday night at the Nutana, 100% I'm going to try to combine the two. I actually curl tomorrow night, and if we're getting shit-canned, I'm 100% doing the Stoughton Spinnerama Edine Spinner Spinner. How about the Spinner Spinner Chicken Dinner? That's what it's going to be called. But Let us know if we're going to do it, because we'll all turn on the Twitch stream from the Nutana. Oh, that's a good idea. You'll have to record <laughs> it. Okay. Well, it's like, I'll, I'll just text you on my Apple Watch, because I've uh, even when I was skipping the other, uh, I, Luke was missing, so I had to skip the other uh, the other day, and he was like yeah. Pitchcom. He was sending me calls in. It was it was funny. <laughs> I, I still we still lost, but um, I think you will see somebody combine the two. So it has to be a Manitoba curler. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Okay, Mike McEwen is going to do it at the Saskatchewan Provincials with a 10-1 lead on me. <laughs> he will do a spinorama and the spinner because I feel like I know Mike well enough to be like, hey, Mike. We're done after this. Can you just, like, make it stop and do, like, both? So I feel like I can kind of manipulate this a little bit and ask sure. Mike to do that. Because because if I run into Mike McEwen at the Saskatchewan Provincials, which I'm hoping to make to Provincials next year, um, I, we don't stand a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take Canada so bad. Uh, that was great. Because, yeah, for a while you're like, oh, yeah, you know, you just got to beat Colton Flash once and you just you never know. And then all of a sudden there's Mike McEwen's music and it's like, well, that was fun. That was that was great, yeah, yeah. And Colton, and Colton is a great curler. And I meant that yeah, as no disrespect no, to Colton, but like, but that's the thing. If if you a team with Colton, Catlin, and the Marshes is more likely to have an off night than a team with Mike Colton and the Marshes. Like you're just like it, it, the fact that like if you if you follow Saskatchewan curling at all, like a hardcore, 
Um, the amount of teams that have broke up this winter is almost everybody <laughs> just going, all right, fuck it, we're out. Store's yours, Mike, let's go. And then you have me and Luke that are sitting there going, yeah, okay, let's go. We're dumb enough to do this. Shit can us, please. So I feel like I can influence him into doing it in competition. I mean, someone's got to be the jobber to make them look good, right? So, <laughs> Oh, that is so us. We're going to be the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> I'm going to get people's elbowed. <laughs> Flash is going to outgrow me by 20%. Uh, uh, on that note from Jacques Cartier, uh, what is the deal with Manitobans and corn brooms? Okay, so that's how you grow up learning uh, to curl. You grow up learning how to curl with that tuck. Um, it's weirdly genetic because I brought Max on the ice to curl mm -hmm. for the first time this winter. And I'm like, okay, buddy, just try kicking out, hold your broom out like this. And no, he's right up on his toe. Like, he's a toe <laughs> slider. So, um in terms of using the corn broom, though, like, I know I've ditched mine because of a speed thing, and that's why you see guys like Derek Semigalski that'll use, like, a little piece of Teflon. I even noticed uh, EJ Harnden uh, using a little piece of Teflon at the base of his hardline broom oh. just to get a little bit more speed on his slide as well. So uh, it's just – we're just growing up that way. I'm sure Manitoba has more knee replacements per capita than anybody else. Uh, actually <laughs> – I would love to find out that information because I because everybody you grow up, that's how you grow up learning in Manitoba. They're getting away from it now, from what mm -hmm. I understand. But it's just it's like it's in your DNA. You're a curler that has Manitoban roots or northern Ontarian roots. See, that's the thing. It spreads into northern Ontario. Right. That's how I learned how to throw. So, yeah, yeah it uh, it's just it's it's a thing. But for me personally, I find I can like I can't throw straight up because I, I can't. I can't see the broom as well as I need to. I need to be right behind that rock. And it's just something you get used to. So um, there's the long answer uh, with the, with the corn brooms. And they're just, they're just cool. Like I keep mine in my locker. I might hang it up here in my man cave along with my Colin Hodge, the Northern Ontario Jersey. He's still, he's still supposed to give me yeah. sure it's in the mail. No, maybe who knows. Uh, right. And I don't have a man cave yet either. I have a home <laughs> studio. I have like, okay, if you don't know my basement, you do gas. Um, but I'm like have a little corner tucked away off to the side where like I can put up stuff and everything else has to be like expertly decorated. So uh, I'll eventually have that up. Um, getting close to the end here. Uh, two parter from fake gainer. Oh, we love fake gainer. One football, one non football. I guess they're, okay. to me, they're both kind of footballish. Um, okay. We'll go with the first one first. Uh, we've gone from a perceived narrative 10 years ago about teams need new and modernized venues to, ah, shit, small pop-up venues will work. Thoughts? Um, I think we've hit a point where it really takes somebody that wants to experience the game <clears throat> to come into a bar, right? I, I think we need super modern, we need sight lines, we need entertainment. That's all fine and good, but... Mm -hmm. I think the sport is starting to realize that the people coming to your games are the diehards. They're going to do so whether or not you have all these extra features or not. Um, and unless you're going to start doing like what the Blue Jays are doing with like full out just like bars at their venue and a cheap ass ticket that you can get in, you can have a drink, you can watch the game. You just can't go sit in anybody's seat until, you know, like the seventh inning when everybody's left. So Unless teams are going to start doing that, I think the people coming to football games now are your dedicated fans that appreciate the game live for what it is. They're not going because Kim Mitchell's playing at halftime. They're not going because you've maybe got a great sight line or this great jumbotron or this great sound system. They're going because, you know, they love the game. And I get it. We have to get people into the building. But honestly... It's a lot to ask for governments to 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 build a three hundred million dollar stadium, like and they like shouldn't. what we're no exactly. But I mean, like if we're talking and I, we're talking about Halifax expansion, and to yeah. me, the thing that most makes the most sense is yeah, throw it out there with a kind of shitty barn that's got some charm, yeah, and see if the people will come. It's the old Field of Dreams, great movie by the way. Yeah, you you, you can build... you could you could follow kind of the model the Alouette stumbled into when they got successful for a while there. Like they were, right. they were floundering at the big O because it was way too big and carnivorous and falling apart and terrible. And there was nothing yes. charming about it whatsoever. It was a terrible place to watch anything. And so, and then of course there was the infamous U2 concert that pushed them out of the stadium for a playoff game. So yes. they went to McGill and as they say, the rest is history. And you know, I mean, if you look at McGill now compared to what it was then, 
it's night and day. Like they've done a lot of work on it. Maybe in retrospect now, maybe a little too much work, but they've done they've done some expansion. They've done some different things to it over the years, and it's honestly just an, an incredible spot to watch a football game, despite how old and decrepit the stadium is. It's charming, and it has by far the best view in the league to watch a game. Well, well, and remember Taylor, old Taylor Field. Yeah, old Taylor Field by today's standards is a pop up stadium. Like, with what you can do with stands and what you can build and things like that. And yep. everybody remembers, like, even me as a Bomber fan, I remember my first time there. Like, the views are great. You get the people together. Now, can you build a pop-up stand stadium and ask 150 bucks a seat? No. Can you build a pop-up stadium and make your range, like, 60 bucks to 20 bucks? get in the door? Absolutely. And I think people are starting to realize that's what you need to do and and like you said give it some charm give it some uniqueness give it some great views get close to the action and again using mcgill as the example to piggyback your comment um it's a lot easier to ask for 15 million bucks a year than it is to ask for 300 million up front Mm -hmm. and sort of the follow-up um should tsn go extreme and do a different style of broadcast for one game a week just yes. to give it a different flavor, his suggestions, purple ass graphics, three-man booth, never. And no panel at half, but a coach's corner with Lapo in the drunkest part of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in favor of most of that except for the three-man booth. I just hate three-man booths. That's a sad thing. Uh, yeah, I, as a guy that does a lot of play-by-play and color commentary, I also hate three-man booths. I, I like three-person broadcasts. I love having I love having a sideline report. Yeah, that's but fine. But like a, three literally man like a play-by-play person with two color analysts is too much. Oh, it's it's weird. You're walking all over each other. I did the sports cage once as a three-person thing. It was fucking weird. Um, I think you need to go almost to the extreme and, uh, and do like the full-out one game a week, like... I don't know what Canadian kids shows are popular these days. My kids are all into Netflix, but like do like the raccoons, you know, version because, you know, they've got like that SpongeBob Nickelodeon version mm-hmm. of the NFL. And that didn't hockey do one this year. There was yes, some they did. hockey did one that they were fully animated. Like they yeah. were like basically animated live. Like they were characters on a, on a cartoon show. Mm-hmm. And I know myself that watches as much NFL and hears it from my kids when I'm watching the NFL. Oh, can we watch something else? Can we watch SpongeBob? Like the Nickelodeon broadcast, Max and Connor all day, watching those all day long. The Slime Zone, uh, Patrick Starr out there doing commentary. And of course, that great viral clip of Patrick Starr. But I think that, that that's what you need to lean into. And, and I see it more and more as a dad that that's what you need to lean into to get the kids watching. And, and that in turn gets the kids out. So, yes, absolutely. I would love to see. Even things like, like, uh, like, uh, God, was it like the uh, national championship? Was it the college national championship, Joel? Or was it a different game I'm thinking about that, like, you had the main feed, and then you had the second feed where you had, like, RG3 and Pat McAfee and a yep. few other guys on field level just having fun. Like, I think they did like, that through all of the playoffs, but as they always, they've always done various versions of that for the national championship game for sure. Right. And I, I think. <clears throat> I think what any sports network needs to do, and this might get me in hot water with the NLL and TSN, but at this point I don't really care. Um, I honestly think that we all need to embrace the fun, mm-hmm. right? Like that's one thing I try to bring to a, to a rush broadcast is I'm having fun. Um, I work with the best team in the NLL and I like to be the dumb guy having some fun while still talking some lacrosse. And I think that's what our generation likes I think that's what we embrace, and I think the days of the stuffy, tied unto tight play-by-play broadcaster are moving away into more like sports is fun, it's dumb. Let's embrace it. Let's have some fun. Let's do shit like that. So I'd love to see that. Maybe not even if they can't go full Nickelodeon. I get it. There's rights involved and stuff like that. But yeah, just honestly, get like Matt Dunnigan and like put no put Matt Dunnigan. And uh, Dustin Nielsen on the sideline and tell him, like, guys, just have fun with this one and see what happens mm-hmm. as a start. So I, I'm in, I'm, I think they sh- I absolutely think they should. Absolutely. Embracing the dumb. Hmm. I heard that phrase like, somewhere before. Huh. Um, <laughs> so the last one. Yeah. This had to be the main event. Comes okay. from Alex. Okay. This is my question. 
<laughs> oh, yes, I know where this is going. Is ketchup only good for burgers? Okay, so this was the spiciest take and something you and I disagree on from time to time. Uh, ketchup and the, and okay, so one of our one of our I, I could look it up on my Twitter, but I'm too lazy right now. Um, I recently got a follow from somebody who really um, and I respect somebody that 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 I didn't like the way a goal call went between Regina and Saskatoon in the WHL playoffs and. Somebody who could disagree and not be an asshole about it and then call me out for what a burgers on ketchup, what are you, a five year old? Um I'll 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 take some beats for that, but ketchup belongs on burgers mm-hmm. depending what ingredients you have. Well yes. You have a good you have a good burger sauce, or you have like a fresh, like ground beef chuck, well seasoned burger. That all you need is a little mayo. I get that. But like your average burger, you're throwing them on the grill. Yes. Ketchup, cheese, that's what you need, right? Um, fries. But the best thing to do with fries is take a little mayo and a ketchup. Do a little, do a little like blend. Ketchup, mayo. Okay? So that's so fries, burgers, and you will fight me to the death on this, but it absolutely belongs on a hot dog when paired with mustard. Yeah, 100% of No, you, all you need is mustard and onions on a hot dog. You don't need ketchup on a hot dog. But what But what if you're at a place that you can't get good onions or they don't have cooked onions? Then you just get mustard. you need the cooked onions. No, I love raw onions on there too, man. Oh, God. No, oh, white onion on there? Onions. Oh, yeah, it's great. Listen, I'm, I'm old now. I get heartburn from that. <laughs> you're right. The taste, excellent. But, and it's a misconception, kids don't love ketchup on everything. Max doesn't want, even want ketchup on his burgers. So yeah, kids go through phases like that. That's fine. Yeah, that's fair. They absolutely do. But um, fries for sure. Like nope. that is a hill I'll die on. I know you suggested vinegar, mm-hmm. vinegar and fries. But here's here's one that might get me crucified on social media if anybody's still listening. The tail end of a poutine. No, nope. I'm not talking about the beginning. No. Nope. Talk about the end. No. Nope. You toss a little vinegar, a little ketchup on there with your curds. And it just it mixes up the flavor just for that like tail end of the poutine. Breaks it up just a little bit. No. <laughs> no. You can't do that. Just a no. Can't do it. <clears throat> just at the end. No. Nope, like... Never. <laughs> what are we, five years of doing this podcast? I don't know if there's anything we can disagree on for. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I put ketchup on burgers and, like, just sort of like normal traditional ground beef burgers, and that's right, like, like pretty much about eat. it. And like I use it in as an ingredient in various sauces that contain ketchup. Oh, like what? Yeah, like a if you're making like your own barbecue sauce, or there was like a oh, okay, yeah, or like yeah. a sloppy Joe thing I made the other day that had ketchup in it, stuff like that. Okay, yeah, that's acceptable. I thought like you were talking about like high end like no like burger sauces or something with oh, or God, like, no. like a some kind sauce. of some kind of like yeah some kind of like bur- barbecue sauce or sloppy Joe or. Something along those lines that involves ketchup. Yeah, I'll allow yeah. it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. As a man that's become a passionate fan of cooking, then I will allow that. But um, but you're right. Like the So the caveat to the burger, the ketchup on burgers, though, is as you said. It's like... Well, yeah, like I'm not putting it on like a... To like think the burgers here. we got at Cohen's. Yeah. You're not like putting ketchup on Like that. there's a very specific type of run-of-the-mill burger that you put a ketchup on. If it's like a you know a different type of burger that's supposed to be certain flavored a certain way, then no, I'm not going to put ketchup on it. No, no, it's 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 the it's six o'clock on a on a summer afternoon. You're home from work. You don't really feel like cooking. You need an excuse to drink beer the second you get in the door. So you say, "Hey, kids, who wants cheeseburgers?" Mm-hmm. So you make them cheeseburgers and crush three beer while you're outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I've actually discovered recently. What's that? That is like a great condiment. I had it on my breakfast sandwich this morning. Uh-huh. It's this Chinese thing called chili crisp. Oh. So it's, Where did you find it? I saw it on TV a bunch of times. You can get like just there's like different versions of it. Like I, I first tried it. Like I'd heard of it on TV and like chefs rave about it, but I never really tried it. Huh. Um, then I had it on the burger of the month at Leo's this month or last month or something. I tried it anyway. Huh. So it's like this spicy chili pepper type thing, but it's got like crushed up peanuts in it too. So it's got a little bit of texture. That sounds. It is. I, uh... Yeah, it's basically chilies, peppercorns, spices, 
nuts, fried onions, garlic. So basically just a big flavor bomb. It's very spicy on its own, but once you mix it in with something, it doesn't quite overwhelm it as quite as much as spice, but it's just, it's just, it's addictive. Let me tell you, man. Your ideas are intriguing to me and I'd like to subscribe <laughs> to your newsletter. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend it, especially as I know you are a connoisseur of breakfast sandwiches. So, yes, that is the one thing that, uh, that we text each other on the, on the days off is definitely what we're doing on the day. Cause it has to be, it has to be a day off breakfast sandwich. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm selfish on that. <laughs> I am. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to put all this time and effort into making a breakfast sandwich. Oh, you know what I did do the other night? What? Speaking of breakfast like foods. <clears throat> uh, took uh, Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, did an egg salad. Cayenne. Oh, pep- yeah, you told me about the sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cayenne, paprika, and dried mustard. Mm-hmm. There you go. This is now a cooking podcast. Absolutely. So um, I guess the final question that, um, that I will ask you, okay. that I will ask you personally for Ask John Anything. Oh, shit. Okay. Would you eat the Subway sub made of Cadbury milk eggs? Oh. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that I did equivalently was yeah. one night the, kid, the kids were gone and a coworker had made like these chocolate fudge cookies. Mm-hmm. And same thing. Marijuana was a factor. And the closest I've came to that, because after I texted you about that, being like, oh, my God, that's so gross. Then I realized, no, I once got really high and made a sandwich out of rye bread, Nutella, and cookies. So, yeah, with enough drugs, Joel, I probably would. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.